Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast episode 107 coming at you from Post to Post podcast studio. Heck yeah, finally. We're back. No more of that well, I mean, sitting we- in my room, the plainest room in mankind history. Like everyone's like, hey Neil, I love your set. It looks great. And then I'm sitting in a room with a window behind me. Sometimes a coach. Sometimes a coach, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> your closet door is open just a little bit. Yeah. So a little more interesting down here. Yes, it's not too bad though. You're, it's sometimes, like my, my set is visually appealing i guess with the lights and stuff but it it can be hard on the eyes too so i think people appreciate the simpleness of of your set it's clean <laughs> oh like this set here not not my room upstairs no, I mean. no the other room upstairs. Oh, yeah i it's don't clean. know like it's there was no comments about how awesome my plain room was <laughs> i got the first time we did a video up there when your dad was on i got a few comments about my couch in the background i was like okay don't go there <laughs> <laughs> that couch is amazing though there's actually a story behind story behind that heck couch. yeah we cut that couch open might as well talk about it. Okay, so way back when my ring, my wedding ring got lost in there. I'm not going to... Around... It just did. 20, 2009, 2010, something, something like, like that. that. It, it was in there for five years. Yeah. Because I was like, the only way I'm getting this ring out, because it like, it went in between the cushions, like at the very back of it, and then there's like this little piece of metal that kind of goes along the back, and there's no way you're getting like a finger or anything like that. Anyway, the ring went down in there, and then us trying to dig at it to get it out ended up making it go underneath the metal. So it was like impossible to get at. So I was like... The only way we're getting at this is if we cut this open. So I said, well, I'm not doing that. This is when I was at my old house. So I'm not cutting that couch until I move. So the moving day comes, Neil comes over and we lift that couch up. We lift the cushions off and we cut it open. We found it. And then we found it. But then we realized, hey, when we lifted the couch up from the bottom, it was sitting on the bottom. You could see it. So all we had to do was instead of cutting this huge cut through underneath the cushions and put a big piece of duct tape on it, because that's what it looks like now if you take the cushions off. All we had to do was do a little slit in the back on the bottom, and it came right out. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, it's amazing that it was in there for so long. But that couch is super old now. It's that cool was, that you got it back. That was my wife's uncle's couch. He gave it to us. He gave it to her when she was still living with her parents, and then she, we brought it to our house. It's comfy. When we moved. It's still pretty. I've comfy. slept on that couch. Yeah, it's pretty comfy. So where's your ring? Um, I'm not wearing <laughs> it right now. Hopefully, it's not in back in the couch. No, it's it's in a safe spot. With the COVID stuff going on, it's just easier to not have to wash my hands 50 times with that ring on. So. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But uh, yeah, we're back in the set and things are a little bit different. We had some power issues earlier. So if it yeah. looks a little bit darker, a little bit different, then that's why we're still trying to troubleshoot that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, I mean, for for a time in hockey where there's not really, <laughs> there is no hockey, there's not really a lot to talk about. This week was actually pretty busy. Uh, the draft or par- part of the draft happened. Uh, there was some news and some drama mm-hmm. kind of around the league. We're going to try and touch on as many topics as we can. And uh, we do have a special guest in this, in this episode as well. Yeah. We were supposed to have her on last week. We guess yeah, we can but, say who it was. It was Melody Martin from YouTube. Heck yeah. She lives in Buffalo. She's a huge Buffalo Sabres fan. Um, she writes songs. She critiques. Yeah, she has parodies. She's and, awesome. Um, as like we, we pre-recorded that interview earlier and we're going to throw it into this podcast. So yeah. as we were talking to her earlier, like... When when the GM got fired and we wanted to have her on last week, it just didn't work out on our schedule. Um, the first thing we thought of it was her. So yeah. I was like, hey, let's see if we can get her on. And she graciously accepted. So that was pretty awesome. So thanks again. But um, yeah, so we'll get into that in a minute. But first, I think we should get into the draft since it just happened, the draft lottery. Yeah, I think it's the thing that most people are talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we did uh, get into it with Melody a little bit too. So some of this right. may be a little bit overlapping, but yeah, no, it's, that's it, all right. It, we had a good conversation with her, but so we can talk a little bit more broadly a little bit more away from the Buffalo Sabres here for this first bit. So uh, how do you want to approach this? This is a dangerous topic to talk about. I will say, uh, what teams do you feel bad for right off the bat? 
I feel like I don't want to throw about Buffalo in there right away, but I feel bad for Buffalo a little bit. They bad. only dropped one spot, but I mean Ottawa. I can't. I don't feel too bad for Ottawa. They got two picks in the first two, five. Yeah, but two top five. Detroit. I mean, I really felt like I feel it, bad for Detroit, but they could have used it. They played so bad too. It's almost like they I were know, tanking their season. I know. It. I would rather Detroit have it, even if they were intentionally tanking or not, versus a play-in. I am surprised Detroit fell all the way to fourth. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, but it's it's proof that you shouldn't have to get the first overall pick to have a successful rebuild. Mm. I mean, the Rangers decided to do it their way, and their way was blowing it up basically midseason, uh, trading out some high-level assets, uh, drafting, I would say, averagely, and just making start a smart... Um, you know, just lateral moves in the mm-hmm. in the league with with players and stuff, and that that's that's definitely a, an option for some teams. I don't think that's an option for Detroit, though. I think no. that they were counting on the draft and still can do <laughs> fine in the draft, but obviously uh, expectations had them a little higher. So, so Sportsnet normally has their own draft, or they host the draft, or something. Was it? It's not normally NBC that covers it, is it? Or I can't imagine why NBC would have because they they're the ones who did it last night, and I was just like because Catherine Taplin was the host, and I was like, it's like is this normal or is is, is it is well, does normally sports that have their own like I know they didn't want to have two different companies doing it with the COVID going on. I assume that they had it in the United States because most of the NHL, uh, meet like Gary Bettman would mm-hmm. be in America, and yeah, in the New York, uh, what's his face would be in America. So uh, while that is normally likely filmed in Canada. <laughs> What's his face? Whatever, whatever his yeah. face, Bill Daly, Bill Daly. whatever. Uh, well, it's normally filmed in Canada. That's probably just yeah. a logistical issue right now. So mm-hmm. they, just, they just gave it to NBC because it was the local uh, decision, which I'm fine with. I don't really care who. Oh, yeah, that doesn't matter. I just, as soon as she came on, I was like, hmm, does she normally host this? Like, I don't think she does. And Yeah, I actually didn't even watch it. That's crazy. I watched it. And I tried to find it online. I'm like, nah, I was working at the time, so. um, I don't know what... How do you want to approach this? Okay, I mean, we're both shocked. Let's talk about who won. So Team E, I believe it was Team E that won. 2.5% chance of winning. That pick is actually belong to Winnipeg. So in terms of who is 12th place, or 12th from the bottom, or whatever, 12th seed, right. if you want to call it, it's Winnipeg's if pick. If this was a normal year, Winnipeg would have got first overall pick. Basically. So here's my question. So... Um, last night after the draft was over, Elliot Friedman put out a tweet that riled a lot of people up, and it said that in the event that we don't play, the bottom eight remaining teams have a 12.5% chance of getting it. Now, do you like that, or do you think... The bottom eight from the 16? The bottom eight from the 16. So we're talking about Chicago, Montreal... Yes. Uh Okay. Um, do you think that's the way to go or do you think, do you think it should be Winnipeg's pick? I, I would rather things be as normal as possible. So I would, I don't want Winnipeg to win it. They just got line a couple of years ago. I don't think they should be gifted another, you know, first or second or third overall pick, but you know, that's, that's what, that's, what's right. Really. They, or they mathematically would have gotten that pick if this was a normal year. So, I mean, I have, even though I don't, agree with it or want it i i think in all fairness they probably should do you think that would encourage winnipeg to tank their series if they knew they had the one 
I don't think any keep... team should intentionally tank the play-in series. See, we, we had this conversation on Discord. I don't think you were there. I was in there. I was talking to some people on our Discord in the general chat. And a lot of people were sh- throwing tweets, showing or basically linking tweets talking about tanking. And I was talking to a couple people in there, and we kind of all agreed that I don't think there's going to be any tanking once this gets going. Because tanking is usually done by the coach, by sitting players, or by the GM, by either trading people or whatever. Like, it's not... You know, you're you right, don't, You don't really see the players mail it in you're right but this isn't a normal year you could there are players 100 percent, basically confirmed already that don't want to play hockey that mm. are kind of going to be forced back into playing hockey so they could even a small handful of them on the team even if it was 20 percent of the players or 15 percent, that's a like th- those are game-changing players regardless of what level or their player playing at or who they are they could turn the table in a game they could make an intentional mistake or something like that to force their their team to maybe lose or give up a goal or they'll take a, a an undisciplined penalty on purpose to put their team down and they may they may completely disagree with their teammates who want to be there and who want to play and who want to win so it's not impossible that it, that but it this is this is a random year where they could win the cup too yeah because anything's possible this year you don't know how certain teams are getting like like I also said on the on the Discord and I even said on the last podcast like. But if you're just because Pittsburgh comes back in doesn't mean they're going to be the Pittsburgh that ended the season. Like we don't we don't yeah, know. Like but if, a slow start is your death. If you're on a team like Montreal and realistically you know you're not even even if you have amazing carry price, you still don't have the level of defense you need and you 100% don't have, don't have the scoring to go deep in the playoffs. So I think it's most of the players on the team while they want to be optimistic and think that they maybe could go far, realistically they they probably can't. So I don't think they'll be trying. Really? I think they'll be trying, but not at the level that some other teams are. I think all players are going to be going for it as hard as they can. I I I just think some players are are resentful of, I think they resent the NHL for making them play again, and they're going to give 60% or 70%. I think that number of players is going to be extremely small, Hmm. like maybe 10% or maybe, maybe even less realistically, but... Uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think there's going to be some sweeps in the play-in series more than a regular normal series in the, in the playoffs. So you think it's going to be a sweep because not full effort is given yeah. on the? Yeah. See, oof. Yeah. I just, I would have to think the players are going to give it their all, and if they don't, like, I'm, I'm not trying to assume the worst in the players. No, I know, I know what you're I saying, think... and you might be right. I'm just, I guess, I'm trying to assume the best, and that with this year and everything being so random, they. Anything's possible. That's the way I look at mm-hmm. it. So if you're a player, then why wouldn't you go for it? Like, I'm slightly pessimistic too. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, that's a fair argument to have. Like, we don't have to agree, but it's just no. It's good that we don't agree. It's, it's it makes it more interesting, I guess. But I just think that if I think it's harder to tank in such a short period of time when you come back. Like tanking is usually done over a season. And it's done slowly and it's done you know targeted games. Either players sitting out or putting people on IR. Like oh you got a sore shoulder. Yeah okay we'll let you sit for two weeks. Yeah. I just I don't agree. think when you get back in, especially if you're only playing three to five games for that playing round, I think it's really hard. I think if you are ta- tanking, I think it would be obvious. Well, I think it's yeah you're right, and it, and it also depends on what team. If you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you get and you, you don't win a game in the playing round, and you've got you know, like, the like if Frederick Anderson is sitting or backing up, and Austin Matthews is yeah. sitting upstairs in a suit, that's pretty obvious. Well, you're tanking, yeah. I don't, I don't think it would be <laughs> at that level of tanking. But if Austin Matthews doesn't score a goal, and Mitch Marner is invisible, and Jonathan Tavares, you know, takes 
an unreasonable amount of penalties. Like uncharacteristic. I just can't see those players doing that. Well, I can't either, and I don't think they will. But if that happens on a certain team, I'm not saying that Toronto's going to tank intentionally. I think this is probably the best chance they have to go deep (laughs) because they're not playing Boston. But I think it depends on the team. I think it depends on the team. Okay. Speaking of teams, you want to go through them? Yeah, well, let's let's go through let's go through the sixteen teams and decide maybe what teams you would be disappointed winning the first overall pick. Okay, just assuming obviously eight of these teams aren't going to be in the in the twelve point five or whatever it is. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have a hard time picking who I'd be most disappointed with because there's a lot I'd be disappointed with. I I, I agree. So, so let's let's start in the West. Okay. So Calgary as the first team, would you be? I, would you accept Calgary? I'm fine with Calgary. I'm fine with Calgary too. They. They're a pretty well balanced team for the most part, so uh, I would not be upset. If you're a fan of the bottom seven teams who are not in the play, and are you pissed that any one of those teams is getting the first pick over you? Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm the Ottawa Senators and I had statistically the best chance of any mm-hmm. team in there to to possibly jump to first, and then I find out that. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs or mm-hmm. whoever it is, the Pittsburgh Penguins or whatever. I mean, we'll get into this when you get into some of these teams, but yeah. if some of these teams that are actually good teams, like what happens if like... I think Calgary, I think Calgary, it, they kind of need that piece. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're not a good team. I'm not saying that they can't win the Stanley Cup as they are, but it just legitimizes the team even more with that as extra piece. And I think that is something that would fit in quite well in Calgary. So I don't want Calgary to get it, but I'd 100% be okay with mm-hmm. Calgary getting it. Will you? Okay, uh, Winnipeg. I'm totally fine with Winnipeg getting it. I'm fine with Winnipeg either. I I, I think I'm a little disappointed because they just got Line A, who was a very high draft pick in a recent year, but um, kind of for the same reason as Calgary. Like they're, I think I think Winnipeg is a deeper team. It's a a well a. I think it's structured better mm-hmm. than Calgary, um, but I think that piece could be as valuable um, to Winnipeg, even though they do have some impressive scoring with mm-hmm. Kyle Connor and. And everything. It's kind of weird because I don't want. It's going to be Lafreniere who gets picked first, obviously. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no I don't. Question. I don't necessarily want him in the East because he'll be on a team other than Boston because Boston has no way of getting him. But I want him on the East because I actually want to see him play. Like I don't stay up and watch all the West Coast games. Well, it's like, it's like watching McDavid. It's yeah. just like he's great. He's probably the greatest player in the game, but he plays on we games need, that start at eleven o'clock our time. You never get to see him play. Like. Got to get up for work at like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. Can't stay up and start a game at 11 o'clock at night. Like, yeah. I'm just not going to do that. Uh, yeah, I, I totally so, agree. It would be nice to have that next generational player be. Yeah. yeah I mean, hopefully he's he's the next generational player. Uh, he's pretty good. But yeah, I, I agree. It would be nice to have him in the East. Uh, mm-hmm. Edmonton. No. I would be extremely upset if Edmonton Edmonton's won. on my list of. They're at the O'Reilly. bottom of my list. They're on my like, oh, really? Like, really? Like another one? Like, oh, really? Yeah. A really, not O'Reilly. Yeah, like no. Yeah. Uh Chicago. Um I'm okay with it, I guess. See the thing about Chicago is they Chicago's an older team. They're gonna be needing some the way they built their team originally to go deep for multiple years, you know, that obviously they won three cups. They did it the right way. Yep. And and they paid for it because they did they, it. That and they way. paid for it because they did it the right way. And Which now is why the fallen. salary cap kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah. So while I think karma is good in, in Chicago right now. I because of their recent success, the three Stanley Cups, one of the most profitable t- teams in the NHL, one of the teams with the biggest fan base. I don't think they need mm-hmm. the extra uh, power in Chicago. It it would I would 
I don't want to use the the term unfair because I don't necessarily think it's unfair, but I mean, they were the lowest ranked team that made the play in rounds on that side, right? They were 12th. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't deserve first pick this year, but I'm just saying they're, I don't think their fan base deserves. They've had recent success. You won three cups in the last decade. Decade, Like you're good. Yeah. So, uh, Vancouver, um, I'm a little torn with Vancouver. Yeah. They've gotten some really high draft picks recently. It's a team that's already trending to the top. I was going to say, I think they'll be fine without them. I completely agree. Yeah. I wouldn't be as upset if Vancouver won as some other teams, but uh, Vancouver's definitely not my top pick. Minnesota? Uh, I'm indifferent to Minnesota. I would be really happy if Minnesota. Yeah, thought, I, yeah. I'm indifferent. But you have players in Minnesota, like Miko Koivu is, I believe, on this last year of his contract. Uh, he's got old. He's 37 or 38 now, which is unbelievable. I think he's that old. Uh, anyways, uh, they are in need of some a, a big young uh, superstar. Maybe not even a superstar, but they're you know they're in, they're in need of someone to come in and kind of take the reins and mm-hmm. like a Matthews did or like a McDavid did and kind of revitalize the team. And no offense to, to Minnesota, but they haven't really no. done a lot. And Minnesota has lots of fans. It's a great hockey state, but. They're not known for, as a team who, with a massive fan base, mm. so I think he would be great in Minnesota. I, I'm not a, I'm not really a fan of the Minnesota Wild, but objectively, I think it would be really good for the league, and the team, and Laugh in the Year. So I'm okay with that one. Uh, Nashville. Mm. I'd be fine with it. I think I don't think I would, because they had the opportunity to win the cup in the past couple of years, and they kind of. I don't know, like they, they didn't get it done. I think that's why I'm okay with it. But they, they did it. I mean, I guess this is arguably argue arguable, but they did it through trades with Poyle, uh, David Poyle, David Poyle, mm-hmm. Poyle, Poyle, Poyle. <laughs> forget his name, Poyle. Uh, so I don't know. I don't. I when I think of Nashville, I don't really think of a draft team. I think of a team that makes uh, moves within the rest of the NHL. I don't think they just. I don't think they have the same strategy, draft strategy as a lot of the other teams. At least recently, there's no draft strategy here, though. I mean, they get first that's true. Pick, they pick. No, it. yeah, you're right. But they got a great fan base. I mean, when they were going on their cup runs, Nashville was hopping, like hopping. I know, and I love their fan base. I think you'd have fun there. See, I think like the the excitement around Nashville and that 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 fan base exploded. Mm, it really did. Yep. I think something like that could happen in Minnesota if Lafreniere went there. It would be nice to see that. That's actually true. Um, Arizona. Does a team need a player more? They have Taylor Hall, so they could. He, yep. he is. He is the first round pick magnet. Yep. They. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He is. I mean, there's questions on on whether some players on that team are going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Specifically, <laughs> Taylor Hall. I don't think him going to Arizona is great for the league. Him going to Arizona is is actually terrible for the league. Yeah. Financially, uh, from a fan perspective, I don't really think it's going to explode that mm-hmm. franchise. I don't think that franchise will ever be to the place where a Nashville is or where a Tampa Bay is or something like that. It. I don't know. I just, I like Arizona. It's a fine, like Phoenix is a fine city or around that area, Tampa, Glendale, whatever. It's just not in... Maybe they just, just haven't had the right people to do that to us yet. Maybe. Maybe. So I guess I'd be okay with it. I would be okay. If, if I would it, 100% be okay with it. Yeah. That's, I want that for that franchise. They need and something. for the NHL. But I don't think... 
Lafreniere going to the Arizona Coyotes, I think, has the least financial impact, mm-hmm. on, like, or the worst financial impact on the NHL. Um, but obviously, great for, for Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's switch over to East, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's a big no. 100% no. If you can't win with the talent that you have now, yep. you need to, no. Toronto doesn't deserve They don't deserve it. Him. No, and that's no offense to the Maple yeah. Leafs fans. That's an objective opinion. Like, like that's. They have lots of great forwards on Toronto already. They don't, they don't need another one. Like, heck no. Three. Figure it out. Like, Nylander, Marner, Matthews. Tavares. And then you bring in Tavares. And you got Anderson then, who's a world-class goalie. You've got. Uh, Riley on the back end. Like, this is a team that already has the pieces in place to win a cup. Yeah. It's just a matter of doing it. Yeah. So, bringing in a piece that is arguably better than any piece that's already on the team, and that's an entire podcast by itself, maybe, I just don't think that's that's right for the league. It's, I would be very disappointed. Columbus. Interesting. Let me ask you a question. I see. I see Columbus a lot, like Minnesota, in a way, a little bit. Who who's a superstar in Columbus? Rick Nash. <laughs> That's the first person I think of. John Tortorella. Pretty much, he's the biggest. I mean, not really, but I mean, kind of, he is. I would compare. You know what? I think that's a fair comparison. I would say Columbus is like a step ahead of a Minnesota. I, I agree. In the development of the brand if you want to say that that's a great way to put it so uh, yeah i would be totally okay they need another rick nash type person to i'd be okay with that yeah and they did draft high i think uh three or four years ago with pierre luc dubois who is one of my favorite players in the league uh, i think Lafreniere would fit very well mm-hmm. in columbus columbus is a, a team that's structured to win regardless of really who's on the team, just the, their play style, the way that they're coached, the system that they use. That's why they've done so well this year with injuries. They yeah, just, they buy like, into the system. And I like how last year they went all in when they knew the players weren't going to stick around. Like this is an all or nothing. Absolutely. And, and they should be rewarded for yeah, that, I think. And I think they've done a good, like you have to give Tortorella props for where they are right now because they lost a lot of their key. It's, uh, it was really exciting last year. It just watching that team. I'd be okay if Columbus got them. Totally. Pittsburgh. No. I Crosby is obviously in his the, the later half of his career. So is Malkin. So is Latang. So is some of these core players who were those generational players for the Pittsburgh Penguins to automatically restart the franchise again without having any downtime as a franchise and bringing in Lafreniere. I, I, that's not good for the league. That brand is all like, kind of like Chicago. It's the same as Chicago. Recent cup success in the last decade. The brand doesn't need revitalized. No. It's arguably the biggest brand in the NHL right yeah. now. So, yeah, I, from a financial perspective, <laughs> obviously pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Montreal. Okay, but we talked about this with Melody because we did kind of talk about this a little bit. We did. And I, so I'll repeat myself now, even though in a couple minutes or whatever, you're going to hear this again. As a Boston Bruins fan, I should hate on this. But in terms of the story, in terms of a guy going to play for his own team in his own province that he grew up in, it makes the most sense. Montreal could use him. It's the best story. That's If I have to pick where he ends up and he's, he's going to end up in the East, it's probably Montreal, maybe, maybe Columbus. I'm kind of liking that Columbus story now that I think about it. Um, but So I, I wouldn't be okay with it because we'd be playing against him and he'd be really good and I'd probably like start to hate him. But at the same time, 
I'd be like, man, I wish he was on my team. And, yeah. and Montreal needs a little bit of love, so I'm fine with it. I think uh, I don't even know if it's an argument that if you were to make this list and rank these teams based on the teams that could use Lafreniere, Montreal should be in everyone's top three if they're being objective. Montreal has no offense. They have they they literally have when's what? Okay, hold on. Gallagher. Besides Carey Price, who was the last superstar in Montreal? Gallagher. <laughs> okay, Gallagher's not a superstar. He was drafted 147th overall or whatever. And I'm not talking about PK Subban or any like. I'm talking about a forward. Who was the last? And I'm not talking about Kovalev, who was traded there. What about the guy that was traded to Vegas? What's his name again? Pacioretty. Pacioretty. So he's... The only thing... Don't... Yeah. I think Pacioretty was a good player. He's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. Gianta. Not a superstar. Gianta wasn't drafted by Montreal. Hmm. So who was the last player player drafted by Montreal that would be considered a superstar? I wouldn't even consider Sacco Koivu to be a superstar. He was a great leader and a good player, but he wasn't a superstar. We're going back, way back... I don't remember if Guy Lafleur was drafted like, by Montreal. I mean. We're going back before us. <laughs> I'm kind of going back there. Even so, even people who weren't drafted, like just think of Montreal superstars. Like they just—they're not a team that's known in the last 25 years or 30 years. They're not a team that's known to have that flashy superstar. And in a lot of cases, do you think people are scared to go there because of the fan base and because it's French and because the fans tell you how they feel and? Absolutely. I think it's like an it's an intimidating place to play. That's why Vincent LeCavier didn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that's one of the reasons why he didn't want to go there. Another one was tax reasons, but there was a trade in place to send PK Subban and Carey Price to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Vincent LeCavier, and, wow. and he axed it because wow. he had a no, he had a no trade clause or no move clause or whatever. Wow. Um, I, I if you this is a guy that would want to play for that team. This is a guy who would cry if he got drafted. Yeah. by the Montreal Canadiens. I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan, if you're aware of my channel or have been following this podcast on this channel or this podcast when it was on the other channel. So, you know I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. Obviously, I'm going to be happy if Lafreniere went there. But I don't think I'm, I don't think I have a biased opinion when I say that he would fit in really well there. And that is the most logical place for him to go. I'm a Bruins fan. Okay. And I, like, I don't... I think you're preaching to the choir. Okay, good. Any Bruins fan that says, yeah, this player is a superstar or going to be a superstar <laughs> could fit in well to Montreal. Yeah. I think other Bruins fans probably want to kill me right now. I would go to the to the length that even if Montreal doesn't get it, that they should trade whatever they need to trade. If it's a carry price, fine. Retain some salary, whatever. I think they should trade whoever they need to trade to get Lafleur. Okay, I'm going off the rails a little bit here. If Montreal beats Pittsburgh, are you going to be pissed? Uh, no, I won't be pissed. I'll be, I'll be disapp- I'll, di- I'll be disappointed because I'll never know. Like if if Montreal loses and they don't get drawn, I'll be like, okay, well, you know what? It just, you know, it it didn't work out, whatever. But if they win, I'll never know if they had have lost if Montreal could have got laughing here. Okay, well, how about this? If Montreal wins the cup somehow, I'll take the cup. And Pittsburgh gets the player. Fine. You're fine with that? I'll take the cup. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, just get it over with. I just want the cup. Yep. Just so I can relax. I've never seen them win a cup in my life that yep. I can remember. Last I'm, time was 93. I, I, that was seven. I'm with you. So, yeah, I cup all the way. One thing I'll tell you folks about doing this podcast in studio is you can actually look at the person and know when to talk. You're not having stupid silence moments yeah, where you're like, hmm, is he going to follow up? So that's way better. Yeah. This, back is, on uh, this is like going from a Corolla before to a Lamborghini <laughs> like, or something. It's like those... Uh, those reporters who are doing international assignments and they're talking to the oh, studio yes. in New York. It's like, 
what's the situation down there? And the guy's standing there like, oh, it's raining. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, it's, it's kind of like that. Like not as extreme, but yeah, you don't, you don't see the cues and you don't get the cues. So it's, it's a little bit harder. It, it, it's one yeah, thing I, I, I appreciate doing this in person. Totally. Um, Islanders. Uh, this one's a tough one for me. The head bar is all. I'm okay with it. I have no ill will towards the Islanders team. Uh, I'm okay with it, and I'll tell you why. Because who did they just recently use that was a franchise player? Mm-hmm. John Tavares. Mm-hmm. So I think karma is in the Islanders' favor because they weren't a part of that decision, really. Like they, it was but they made hands. that really cringe video where they were like making fun of them in like their pajamas and calling them pajama boy. And it was super well, cringe. I thought it was fake at first. I was like, wait a minute. These are actually real fans who sent those clips in. Like, Ooh, that's cringy. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the organization's fault. No, that's the fan base. And the hockey guys don't reward the organization. They reward the fans. Unless you're Buffalo. Yeah. I, yeah. It, uh, yeah. I guess uh, the Panthers. I'm okay with Florida. I'm okay with it, but I kind of feel a little bit like Nashville. Like they kind of made, they went a different path. They made uh, trades and they, they played the free market. They brought in Bobrovsky and some other players down there. They did their coach dirty. Huberto, obviously they drafted and stuff. Uh, Yeah, they did Gerard Glint dirty. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be amazing for the, to spark the Tampa Bay uh, rivalry though. So I'm on the fence with Florida. I'm okay with it. Carolina. I'm okay with it. I don't. I I like Carolina, as you guys know, but I don't think that they just got Sebastian Ajo. Uh, they just got Svechnikov. They don't need another young. They're already on the path to win a Stanley Cup. A couple of changes in the offseason, maybe. Uh, I think they're there. I don't think they need to be gifted another top round pick. And the last team, the Rangers. I think. If you were the NHL, that's where you want this guy going. He almost needs to go go to the Rangers. It's like, the perfect fit. This other is other than Montreal. I don't know if we've ever said this on this podcast, but this is the absolute truth: is the NHL needs a really good New York team. Like they do. New York is the biggest team in the league. When they suck, the league loses a lot of money. They're the most profitable team in yes, the league. They're worth the most much money. It's like one point six billion or something. Yeah, I think it's even more than that now. It probably is. Um Yeah, if you're the league, this is where you want this guy going. And maybe he wants to go there, the big city. Like I don't know. Like Yeah. And I think just the the, the players on the Rangers and Lafonier's play style, he fits in really well with that team. It would make them a way more exciting team. Absolutely. And I think with the trend of the Islanders being a really, really good team lately and only probably going up it would only spark that rivalry back because that's kind of been lacking. And I guess I made a video about that recently, but the, the Rangers and Islanders rivalry with Lafoniere in there versus Barzal, we'll say if he goes to Rangers, would be one of the best rivalries in the sport of hockey. So uh, from a league perspective, from a fan perspective, it totally makes sense to see him in a Rangers uniform, but uh, I still want Montreal. Okay, let's make a, a bet right here. Uh, we're making a bet. Live on the podcast. But we're not live. Oh, we're going to be live. We're live here. This okay. isn't live down there. This is real life. I've never talked to you about this. We're going to pick a team that we think is going to win this player. And, have, and if one of us is right, the other person has to eat bean boozled until they get two nasty ones. What's what's considered nasty? Just the ones that aren't right. Well, I like the grass one. Because that counts as a nasty. So you'd be okay with it. Heck yeah. 
All right, I'm down for that. Okay, so the, I mean, obviously, the chances of you and I picking the winner are pretty slim. Well, I mean, we have a 50% chance to choose a team that's going to not even be in the draft. That's right. So you go first. <laughs> Me go first. <laughs> yeah, I called it live. Yeah, that just gives you more chance to think. I want to say, uh, I want to say, see, the thing is, is I kind of think he's going to go to the Rangers, but I also kind of think the Rangers could pull a shoe out of their butt and actually win. I do too. So that's what makes me hold back on that. I know where he's going to go. You think you know? I I know. <sighs> do you, okay, you go then. then Minnesota. You you're picking Minnesota? Yep. Do you want me to go the other side and pick Columbus? Heck yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Do you think Columbus is going to beat Toronto? Who's Minnesota playing? Couldn't tell you. Don't remember. I don't either. Actually. doesn't matter to me. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Toronto has to win a series, and if they're going to do it, it's going to be against Columbus. If they don't beat Columbus? If like, they don't beat Columbus, they need to look in the mirror and say, okay, what's going on here? But, I mean, anything <clears> could happen. Like I said, anything could happen. If you have a slow start... You have three games, potentially. Yeah, yeah. If Columbus can beat Tampa last year, Columbus can beat Toronto. Okay, if you're going to Minnesota, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go east. Or really? Yeah. It's probably gonna just, be west, but I'm just gonna pick an east team. I'm gonna say I wanna say Rangers so bad. I just <laughs> I can't not say that. You're already shooting yourself in the foot a little bit because Rangers have a decent no offense, Carolina fans, but have a decent chance. It's going to be a, the best series of, all, of them all, I think, in my opinion. How about I go Rangers and Carolina? You can't pick two. <laughs> the winner, the loser of that series is going to win the pick. Well, okay, let me pick another team then. Okay. That are we, that are we doing a draft here? No, we're going to pick two each. I just changed the rules. But Okay. So you you're picking have, two you in the to, East. You, you have to pick a series. I have to pick a series? Yeah, I did. I, I picked the winner of that series. Or the loser of that series. Okay, well, I don't know who Minnesota's playing. <laughs> Who's Minnesota playing? I don't know. I can't remember. It's been too long. Minnesota is playing Vancouver, I think. Um, Our research for, was amazing. I think it's. I think it's Vancouver. I'm almost positive. Uh, okay. I guess I have to pick Vancouver then, don't I? Man, what are you doing? I'm trying to find out who they're playing, but pff. Google image search at playoff in playoff play in bracket. I'm on Bing. That's probably why it's not working. <laughs> what a scrub. <laughs> Bing. Keep keep talking, Neil. Fill in some. I, well, I mean, I, I kind of don't want to choose uh, the, op- the opposing team. I'd rather pick another team from a different series. All right. Makes it more interesting. It is Vancouver. You were right. Okay. Can I pick a different team from another series? It's more risky on my on my part because I'm not I'm not guaranteed to have a team in the in the eight draft. All right, let's redo this then. What? Okay, you pick two teams. I'll pick two teams. Two teams that aren't aren't going against each other. Okay, I'm picking. So I'll go first since I are you going to stick in the east and I'm going to stick in the west. Yes, I am going to go. I'm going to go with Carolina. That's the risky play. Come on, New York, you got to win. I'm going with Carolina, and I'm going with Montreal. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going Arizona and Minnesota. 
Okay, so now we have that on record. So if one of these four teams gets the first overall pick, yeah. somebody's eating some bean boozle until they get two crappy ones. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be Minnesota. All right. I think it is going to be in the West for the record. But Do you really? I hope it's not one of those two. Yeah. Because I don't really want to eat bean boozle. As long as it's grass, I'm fine. I like the toothpaste one, too. That's not really the... Oh, yeah, that's a bad one, isn't it? I guess technically it would be considered a bad one. <laughs> I just don't want the dog food one. I can't take the dog food <laughs> one, man. All right, what's next? Okay, I think... Are we good on the draft? I think we're okay. Yeah, so... A lot of people upset. Shocked. A lot of people shocked. Chaos, like Jeff Merrick just loving it. Well, okay, let me ask you one qu- Before we get on to, to Melody's segment here, do you, do you think... This is a stupid question. Do you think there's a possibility that it could be rigged? No. Do you think it's suspicious at all? No. Because they filmed the behind the scenes in the ballroom, and you can watch the whole unedited tape of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I guess in I don't, theory they could have filmed that 10 times until they got the, the... But they have reporters in there, so I don't think the reporters would be like... I, I, I don't think it's rigged. I genuinely do not, but it is slightly suspicious that in a time... It is the highest odds that someone has jumped to first place. 2.5% yes. chance. On a year where there's nothing else to talk about at this in this moment. I'm just saying it's suspicious. It's just the year, man. This is the year of the goat. The goat? The goat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk to Melody. Okay, so Melody, like I said, was our special guest. And we talk about the bottle firing in Buffalo. We talked about the Bagulias. She gave her thoughts on the draft. She was not happy with how things went. So it was pretty good. So uh, we caught up with her earlier. So we'll play that interview right now. All right, as promised last week, we have a very special guest on the line. Neil, who is on the line? On the line, we have Melody Martin, the famous YouTuber, the parody creator, singer, songwriter. Melody, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. So Melody is a huge Buffalo Sabres fan. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast have seen her YouTube videos. A lot of them went viral on the internet when she sang songs about people getting fired, which are awesome, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't really have that many videos on your channel, but... Your views are so high because of the viralness of Absolutely. some of these amazing parody songs. Yeah, that's crazy. Like when I put them out there, I don't, I don't really expect as many people to care about them. And then all of a sudden, usually it's the ones where I'm ragging on the Sabers that do really well. But yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious. I know in one of the last videos you put up, uh, I think you had one of the comments on the video that were just saying like. You know, when this happened, the first thing I thought of was you. And honestly, to God, like that, that's what I thought. And then I said to Neil, I said, Neil, do you think she would come on? I sent him a message. He said, I'll send her a message and she'll see if she'll come on. Because that's just, I don't know why, but you are literally the first person I thought of when that happened. I almost tagged her on Twitter, but I thought, you know what? There's probably going to be a ton of other people doing it. So I'll just leave her alone. Yeah. 100% first, Melody, you're the first person I thought of. Yeah. I like, I was actually working and I, all of a sudden my phone just started blowing up and, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all this stuff, YouTube was just going nuts. And I was like, I, why are you thinking of me? Like I wrote a song about it. Like, get out of here. But I (laughs) appreciate, I appreciated it. It was really funny. You're like, you're like the voice of the community of that Buffalo Sabres community. Pretty much. That's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders now. I think, oh, I, uh, I think fans from basically every other team, but Buffalo love what you're doing. But how do you think actual Buffalo fans feel about what you're doing? Um, I mean, you know, they, uh, they kind of, it's probably like more relatable for them. Like they're like, oh yeah, that's pretty much how we feel too. Um, like, but most of the comments that I get from actual Sabres fans are like, oh, now I'm sad. Like, why did I listen to this? <laughs> That's do you, awesome. Do you get any like negative comments or trolls or anything like that? Or people hating? Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, 
surprisingly not that many, um, which I'm happy about. Usually with the internet, you get all kinds of them. But yeah, for the most part, everyone's been really cool. I think that comes with the territory too, because I know when you first started your channel and the, and the, the subs were low, everyone was like super happy. Everyone was like getting along. And then you just see as the numbers start going yeah. up, you just get idiots popping in. It's unavoidable. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. we're going to definitely talk to you about the whole firing thing, but I do have a couple of questions about, you know, your parodies and, and the songs that you've made. So when you're choosing a, a parody to do, do you come up with the lyrics first and then choose uh, a song to go with it? Or do you choose a song first and try and get the lyrics to kind of go with it? Like what's your process? My process, I feel like for every single song has been different. Um, a lot of times, usually kind of it's the idea first. Um, and then I kind of pull up the lyrics that, you know, for the original song and kind of see what I can use from that, from what they're already, already giving me. Because I feel like if you make it similar enough to the original song, that's kind of what makes it funny, I guess. Um, but yeah, usually um, it's just trying to write out the lyrics and then... If I if I think it's funny, I'll go forward with it. Have there been songs or parodies that you made and then at the end you're like, you know what, this isn't actually that great or I don't really like it and then just not posted it? There there have been a couple. There was one um, I, I had written, written completely recorded, uh, like filmed it. Um, I wrote a parody song about Jason Pominville because we were all guessing that he was going to retire. And if he did retire, he um, like, you know, everyone in Buffalo would have just gone nuts about it and you know giving him yeah. a star treatment but he never actually retired the the season the season after his last season he ended up playing in the same beer league that i'm in um no way yeah wow. so a few more divisions above me but <laughs> but yeah so he never ended up retiring officially so i never ended up posting that but it's still sitting on my computer in case he ever officially retires that's interesting do you have anything planned in the future i don't want to i don't want to spoil anything but is, is anything in the works Nothing right now. I um, I I was having some ideas ready in case the lottery went better than it did last night. Um, it didn't, so I I'm kind of I feel like I'm on vacation right now. It actually f- fell a little bit worse than expected because I think Buffalo was in place in theory to get the seventh pick, and they ended up falling to eighth, which I was just like, oh, Buffalo. Yeah, so I mean, that's <laughs> a pretty, get a break. That's a good segue. No. I know you released a reaction video, and uh, I, I didn't get a chance to, to see it yet. So I'll get your genuine opinion here. Or I don't even know your opinion. I assume that you're happy, but probably upset at the same time. Uh, definitely not happy. Um, ba- basically, I I was just hoping that one of the playing teams didn't get one. Um, basically, whatever happened after that, Ottawa, even if though they're in our division, I would have been fine with Detroit too. Um, like I really truly didn't care about any of the other teams that you know we knew were getting picked um, but I was like as long as that playing team doesn't win I'm fine <laughs> and then what happens like exactly what I don't want to happen so what was your reaction when he said instead of given seven team cards I was given eighth which means automatically that in the top three yeah. one of those playing teams like what was your initial reaction when you heard that I was like oh there we are there's eight there we go <laughs> see that's kind of what I thought too I was like can you imagine if that's number one? It, it's unbelievable. It's almost, I don't want to say rigged, but come on. Like it's, it, it, there's a lot of excitement around it and talk conveniently in a time when there's nothing else to talk about. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm just, it's interesting. And we will, we'll get into it more in the rest of the podcast when we talk about the draft. But I mean, teams like Buffalo for sure, teams like Detroit, like 
there's teams that definitely could have used that pick. And it's just to think that it could go to like one of these great teams that are, you know, not in the bottom eight or bought not in the bottom seven. I mean, depending on how things go in the play playing around, there's just, if you think about the teams, it's just, it's unbelievable who could get them. Like if Toronto loses in the first round and then ends up with the first pick, I will lose it. My, I will lose my mind. <laughs> like you're getting like Matthews, my, my Marner, and then Lafreniere. Like, come on. I mean, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, like, there's so many teams that you just be like, really? Who do you think? Who do you think, Melody? Who do you think is going to get it? Like, obviously, you don't know who's going to win or lose in the play-in round. But if you if you could pick a, a team that you'd like number one to go to, who would it be? Um, honestly, and I've been getting kind of a lot of like, it, it's been interesting that I've said that I'm okay with the team, like him going to the Atlantic Division. Um, I'm fine with Montreal getting it. Seriously, heck yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not just saying that either. Like, I feel like of all the teams in the playing round, I feel like they probably could use him the most. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd be fine seeing him a bunch of times a year. That would be fun anyway. I think Montreal is the best story, and yeah. I don't like to admit that as a as a Bruins fan because yeah. I think Montreal is the enemy. But I mean, this is a Quebec guy. The story is the best if Montreal ends up getting him. Yeah, even just from a financial position from the NHL. Not that Montreal needs more fans mm-hmm. because half of them aren't great I fans. I mean, they they definitely want him to go to a big market team like totally. Montreal, Rangers, Toronto, heaven forbid. Like, <laughs> like not Edmonton again. Like, Edmonton's had enough. No, but what about – I mean, we have the Taylor Hall effect. He True. has a, he has an influence, it seems, on certain teams. So I'd be curious to see if Arizona gets this. Mm. I would love that. I would too, actually. They'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> so, yeah, no love for Buffalo in the draft. So let's get back to the the mass – firings because i guess that's some people called it a bloodletting some people called it a house cleaning i think 22 people were fired from the organization one day um and and it had some like analysts worried that other teams might start doing this too because you know we're in a covid area teams aren't making money why don't you shed like because i think i think buffalo's down to seven scouts now as it is which is kind of crazy um so for the people that haven't seen your video, Millie, why don't you just give your overall opinion on what you thought when that news came down that he was fired? So my whole thing with Jason Bottle was I didn't care either way whether or not he would get fired. Um, if they kept him around, I was fine with that. If they got rid of him, I was fine with that. Um, the thing was, like, three weeks before he was fired, Kim Pagula came out. It was right after the Return to Play format was released, and it was we knew that Buffalo wasn't going to be in it. And Kim Pagula said Jason Botter was coming back, which whatever is fine. But, you know, she said what she said was it was because they have more information than a fan. So it might not be a popular uh, decision, but like we're smarter than the fans. So we know what we're doing. And so that made me mad. And then three weeks later, all of a sudden it's, um, we're going to fire Jason Botterill because there have been some like philosophical differences that we can't really you know work with. So we're going to move on from him. It's like, what could have possibly happened in three weeks that all of a sudden it goes from like you see positives in him that the fans don't to philosophical differences? Like, get out of here. <laughs> see, I really don't like that statement because if you look at their track record, they haven't made the playoffs since they've been there, I don't think. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So nine years, is that what it is? Nine straight years of, so, I mean, clearly they know better than everyone else when they're cleaning house this often. But so I, I was thinking about that quote because I thought how ridiculous it was like, yeah, how do you come out and say this guy's safe? And then three weeks later, like not even a month later, say, nope, we, we, we have a difference of opinion. So the only thing I could think of was they were talking that the draft was going to happen earlier. Like we kept, because we even talked about it in one of our podcast episodes. So maybe they were keeping him around because the draft was coming. They had to have someone in place. And then maybe... 
once that got pushed back and then they had a conversation, clearly ownership's opinion on who who should be picked and who should be whatever. I don't know. Clearly it had to have been views on how the, the organization should be built that ownership didn't agree with him on. But I don't understand how that could change in three weeks because you've had this guy for a while now. So I don't know if his opinion would have rapidly changed in those three weeks. So it's just a confusing situation. It's, it's, it's a very strange situation. And they they receive a lot of criticism in general. Just, I mean, going back, I, I'm sure Buffalo fans have mixed opinions on them. But I think the majority of fans, even just or hockey fans around the league, question have questioned some of the things that they've said in the past and done. So, I mean, they're, they're no Melnick, but... <laughs> they're getting there, they're, though. They're getting there, they're honestly. They're getting there. Uh, I don't know the um. Oh, what was I gonna say the the thing that is the biggest thing to me with Botterill is I think about a player like well, use Ristolainen for example. I really thought that he was gonna get traded a couple of years ago, or even like maybe recently as of, as of this year. Mm-hmm. And I felt like his trade stock has kind of gone down year after year, and now it's to the point where he is not even close to as valuable as uh, what he was when he was originally rumored to uh, be traded. Do you think that Botterill was kind of afraid to make those big trades other than the uh, O'Reilly trade? Yeah, I don't, I have no idea what was going on with Ristolainen. Like, I mean, he even requested, like publicly requested a trade at the end of last season. And um, yeah, so I don't know what he, like maybe he was scared off from actually making a trade because of the the backlash with the O'Reilly thing. But I mean, of all the guys that request the trade, I mean, I think he was the one that maybe should have been honored and just wasn't. So, I, yeah, I think he hung on to him way too long. I think he overvalued him. And, I mean, he should have just, like, his best offer, he should have just taken it, honestly, because now I don't think we'll get anything close to what we probably could have gotten maybe a year or two ago. What is your opinion on Kevin Adams, the guy who took over the job? <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> um, I It's hard to really have an opinion because – there's absolutely so, there's not much that's known about him i mean he was as an assistant coach i believe under lindy lindy ruff and then he's kind of like been secretly in the organization like we all like all sabers fans know who he is um but it was really kind of unclear what his role was i think he was in like player development at one point so the fact that like all of a sudden he's an nhl general manager out of absolutely nowhere was just like oh of course that sounds like exactly something the pagulas would do <laughs> So do you think this is them trying to save some money right now? Or do you think they genuinely believe this is the guy to take the organization forward? 100%. Or do you think maybe or do you think maybe this is just a guy that because I, I can't remember what his last title was. I should have wrote it down, but it sounded like his last title wasn't even necessarily game related. It was more of like the business side of things. So right. is it is this like a yes man for them, like someone they know that shares his vision and they want him in there because he kind of thinks the same way they do, or at least he will do the things he wants them to do? Honestly, like, I think yes to both. Yes to it being kind of a money saver and yes to him being a yes man. Um, Because everything that he's saying, like he's coming out in all these, you know, press conferences and everything, everything he's saying is basically mirroring what the Pagulas are saying, like way too similarly. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it just seems like a really weird hire that, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. So to me, that just screamed like, hey, we don't want to spend any more money and you know, we we want someone that'll listen to us and kind of do what we want. So yeah, for sure. I have I have two questions for you, and it, it, you're probably not going to like the second one. But Uh-oh. the first one is, I just want your general thoughts on the whole play in format system. Um, 
I think like the system itself, like obviously taking out the draft lottery because I'm not happy about that. But the whole system itself, I thought they did a really good job with um, in terms of like it being as fair as possible. Um, obviously sucks that Buffalo couldn't couldn't make it in. But, you know, I, I think the NHL did a great job. Personally, I've always kind of been more on the side of just shut it down for the season. And that's not even being a Sabres fan who, who's, you know, being bitter about it. Like, I, I just think there's so many factors that's going to have to go in and everything's going to have to go perfectly. Um, and I, I just worry that, you know, it'll kind of like maybe it'll shut down again, like if things go wrong. And I don't think that's what they want. Um, so I've always kind of been more on the side of shut it down just worry about next season but I know I'm probably very much in the minority minority on that yeah I think I think we've I thought, definitely talked about it and, yeah. and there's a lot of hoops that they've still got to go through to make it work like, oh, there's no there's no guarantee that this they're going to try but there's no guarantee that we're going to have yeah there's the so playoffs many, finish there's so many moving parts there's mm-hmm. so, many, so right. many things you need to figure out and I find myself kind of going back and forth on that line of you know just shut it down or uh, I'm just, I want I want hockey so bad I just want to see it so I, I kind of go back and forth a little bit I definitely understand both sides and both opinions. And uh, I, I'm going to rub some salt in the wound, even though you gave my Canadians a little bit of a compliment earlier. Or not really a compliment, but you hoped hoped them well with uh, Lafaniere. But oh boy. do you know who um, the do you know who Buffalo was supposed to play the last night uh, of the regular season before oh, they I'm shot not, it down? I have no idea, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tr- trust me. <laughs> This has been such a debate in Buffalo. Like, everyone's so mad about it. They're like, oh, my God, we were in Montreal that night. Like, if if we would have won that game in regulation, if the, se- if the season would have lasted one more day, we would be in. They'd be out if we would have won. And I'm like, we would not have won. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, Buffalo, if, if Buffalo had have beaten Montreal and they had have gotten into the play-in round, it would have created so much excitement in Buffalo. And then hypothetically, now, as we know, if Buffalo would lose in the play-in, they would... T- have a 12 was it 12.5% chance 12. to get first yeah. first round pick a better chance than where they are now in the draft almost double actually it's it's i can understand the frustration i i would be very upset as a buffalo sabers fan i mean i've been a buffalo sports fan my whole life these exact kinds of things that are like as frustrating as you can get are exactly what happens to us every every time bills and sabers so it's nothing new it's fine do you just expect your team to continue to lose or do you genuinely have hope and think that they will win a cup someday i right now i have a, a cup no um but i i do have faith that you know maybe next year we can show improvement um i still don't think we're making the playoffs next year unless drastic things change um my concern right now is about jack eichel like i'm starting to get real worried that you know He's going to start really getting tired of this and just yeah. saying, hey, I want out. I got to get out of here. And if that happens, we're screwed. Like, there's nothing we can, like, there, I don't see how we recover from that. That was actually my follow-up question. It was, like, working <laughs> in my mind. Uh, it has to be a concern, a big concern, because he's he's already made comments publicly that he's not happy with how things are going. Yeah, he's tired of losing. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, Originally, because I made a I made a video where I asked people to send me in their best Jack Eichel trade offers, and I was like, "Oh, this is hilarious! He's not getting traded." Like, but yeah, sure, send it in to me. Tell me what you think. And now, like as all these firings happen and as things seem to are getting worse, I'm like, "Oh wow, maybe maybe we're a little bit closer than we think." So, yeah, Ugh, it's getting bad. 
It's 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 tough. I have a I have a question that may be hard to answer. It's a two part question. Sure. Um, outside of players on, on the Buffalo Sabers and the team, the Buffalo Sabers, who is your favorite player in the NHL, and who's your favorite team or second favorite team in the NHL other than Buffalo? Or do you have uh, one? My favorite player is Ovechkin. I I love that guy. I love Heck Ovi. Yeah. Um, I just. I love goal scoring, which obviously the Sabres haven't really had much of in a long time. So that's why I love Ovi. Um, my favorite team, my second favorite team, my Western team is Colorado. Um, when I was a kid, uh, they were like the purple team, in my opinion, and purple was my favorite color. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's my team now. And they were actually my favorite team until I was probably like eight. That's that's awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah that's a good that's answer. Cool. Jason, I don't even know if you have a, a second favorite team. Yeah. No, I don't. I think you like Winnipeg, though, don't you? I like Dallas. Am I yeah. wearing a Dallas hat right now? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I like Dallas. <laughs> um, I like Winnipeg. You like yeah. Buffalo? I don't like Buffalo, but I don't. I feel bad for Buffalo. I do too. Like I've see, I kind of, the way I feel about Buffalo right now. This is a really rude thing to say. Is <laughs> do you remember Chicago? Kind of right before they got Kane and Taze. Like I have a guy that I work with, and he's a Greg, the guy who helped build this desk. Yeah. He's a huge Chicago fan, and before they got Kane and Taves, they were they were bad. Oh, totally. And I was just like, how are you a fan of that team? Like, you are you are a true fan. <laughs> Absolutely. To, to be able to cheer for just garbage year after year. And now they're, you know, obviously they turned around and got a bunch of cups. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel about Buffalo right now. I'm just like, and Buffalo has a great fan base. We've talked about this before. I, think they have I, the, I honestly think they have the best fan they base. They have to have the best fan base because look what they're putting up with. Yeah. And their TV ratings, I think Buffalo is number one or two in TV ratings for a team that consistently doesn't make the playoff yeah no, no offense melody yeah, like it's hey, it's impressive it's truth like we're on the outside looking in like we went to we went to niagara falls what in 2014 2013 2013 i've made this comment i don't know how many times this podcast but so we're like just half an hour away right just on the other side of the border and we could have gone to a game on a wednesday night i think wasn't it yeah it was a wednesday and it was four tickets four pops four popcorns and four hot dogs for 44 dollars. <laughs> yeah. and i'm just like Okay, I go to a Boston Bruins game. It's like two hundred and something dollars for nosebleeds, let alone four tickets and a bunch of concessions. Yeah, if we went to a college game here, I think every each ticket or I'll I'll use the Charlottetown Islanders for example in the QMJHL. If I went to a local game in in Charlottetown, it was I think fifteen dollars a ticket, Mm -hmm. which if you do the math is more expensive than the Buffalo Sabres opportunity we had. Not to mention the concessions. Yeah, and that was like being advertised on TV. It was just like whoa, like it's impressive. Yeah, so. Let's let's give you a uh, I don't know if it's a soapbox or a stool to stand on. Let's say the Pagulas bring you in and they want you to be honest with them. Oh snap! And they say, "Listen, you are you are a popular YouTuber that is in in line with how our fan base feels. What do we need to do? How do you, how do you see things? How do you see things improving? What do you tell them?" Um. Well, from a fan perspective, I can tell them like they just need to listen to us because like I don't know if you guys heard the story last year about um, how they brought in alumni back for like certain games and they gave them like fake knockoff jerseys to wear and yes. it just it looked terrible and then other guys they misspelled their last names like that's embarrassing like that is not what a professional sports franchise that that should never happen and then you know on on 90s night everyone was like oh my god they're gonna wear their goat head jerseys and it's gonna look awesome and then the story is that they were gonna do that but then they missed a deadline so they couldn't do it and that's not acceptable like like just like 
I would pay so much money to go see the Sabres in those jerseys that I fell in love watching them in. Like, even even with all the losing, I would have paid money for that because it it means a lot to me as a fan. They've they've just dropped the ball on so many things that fans would have appreciated. And that's what I would I would just say, you gotta you gotta think of the fans first. You know, we're we're the ones who are spending our money to watch this horrible, horrible product. The least you can do is at least make it somewhat enjoyable. And they they just don't. And that's I think a huge problem. I think those I think we brought up two of those things on a podcast a while ago because I remember bringing yep. it up and I remember showing pictures and I'm just like that is absolutely unacceptable because it was right the Buffalo that when they were supposed to use their throwback jerseys I think it was Vancouver or someone else was I can't remember who they were playing but the other team had their throwback oh, yes. jerseys ready to go but then it was reported that Buffalo missed the deadline to get theirs in and I'm just like how do you do that I know it's it, so okay hypothetically if they came to you and legitimately offered you a public relations job or whatever for the team. You were the, you know, you're the face of the team. Would you accept it? Oh yeah, I'd I'd be all over that. I'd be Heck yeah. I'd be like, "Hey, I am taking this thing over. We're doing this right now." Um for sure. You'd probably have to stop making negative parody songs though. <laughs> that, that might be a part of it. Yeah, which hey, I'd be fine with if that means the the team might be a little bit more enjoyable. Totally. Yeah, uh I feel like I I feel I really do. Okay, let me ask you a question, Jason. If you take the Buffalo Sabres and their history of, you know, they probably should have a cup by now. You take the Toronto Maple Leafs not winning since 67 or whenever it was, or 69. Um, what team would you want to see win the cup more and what team do you think deserves to win the cup? I I have no soft spot in my heart at all for Toronto. So it's Buffalo all the it's way. It's Buffalo all the way. I, I, I do think that it would be nice for Toronto fans to see their team win a cup, mm-hmm. but I'm picking Buffalo every day of the week and that's not just because melody's on the line here that 100 percent. i've said that in previous no you have to you have to look at fan bases and you have to look at the hockey gods and the hockey gods are not shining in buffalo if they haven't been there in a while Nope. like we thought maybe with jack eichel like maybe hey maybe but i mean even then uh, there's just so many things like buffalo thought they were getting mike babcock like it's just i don't know like the hockey gods are not shining in buffalo and they need to and like like I said earlier, like I just they ha- they have to have the best fans because they are just putting up with so much garbage. And I don't know, like I I don't know about you, Melody, but I have no faith in this ownership group. Like like no, sure, I, I want to see it turned around, but I unless they take a step back and hire someone that it's like they should have hired someone with experience and someone that has that would go in and tell them like kind of like Brian Burke says. He says if I'm going to accept this job, you're going to give me five years guaranteed, and it's going to take five years to turn this around. Because you can't just come in in a year or two, yeah. and things are going to get better. Like you have to, you have to basically cut back and then rebuild, and then give the GM time to get his picks in. Because I mean, you're still seeing, you know, people through the organization come from the last couple GMs. So I mean, hey, Jason Butter was a rookie GM. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you, you could you could make the argument that he didn't have enough time to learn his trade a little bit and make the... But look who he's being replaced with. I know. That's the thing. That's like that's what makes the decision questionable. So, I don't know. Frustrating. I'm I'm frustrated and I'm not even a Sabres fan, so I can't even <laughs> imagine how, how you guys feel in, in Buffalo. Oh, it's just great. It's just great. Okay, I think that's... She's answered all she's my answered questions. She's answered all my questions too. So, <laughs> Melly, I really appreciate this. Uh, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you should definitely go check her out on YouTube. Subscribe to her channel. Um, depending on what happens in Buffalo, you could be seeing some... Pretty interesting videos come over from her, and they're always good to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely head on over to her channel. Uh, channel. It's called uh, Melody Martin, 
And uh, you, if you just search that, you'll find it instantly. So, uh, Melody, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was nice talking to you. All right, so thank you very much, Melody, for joining us as our first guest. That was awesome. It really was awesome. I I think my favorite part about talking to, talking with Melody is that you could just tell that, I mean, there's she was she's really emotionally invested in the Buffalo Sabres, mm-hmm. like every fan listening in their team. But the thing, what I liked about Melody is you could tell that she was completely objective about her team. She wasn't, yeah, some fans around the league are a little biased in their opinions and, and, or their opinions and stuff and their outlooks. And she was extremely level-headed, mm-hmm. reasonable with her opinions and totally objective. So it was really nice to talk to someone uh, like that. I feel like that's kind of a rare trait. Yeah. <laughs> these days. And if you haven't seen her channel on YouTube, definitely go check it out. Throw her a sub. She's awesome. Heck yeah. So I'd love to have her on again down the road. Uh, absolutely. I mean, 98% of you guys already know who she is. Mm-hmm. So we're probably not <laughs> inventing any new following here, but uh yeah even if you know who she is, go back and watch her. Like we're the lucky movies. ones that she accepted to come on our podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We should have her on again if she's, uh, if she's willing. Yep. All right. So we'll wrap up. This has probably been going on for a little bit now because we don't know how long that interview plus how long we've been talking before. So we'll try to go through this last little stuff fairly quickly. Um, let's talk about uh, Vancouver being out as a hub city. Okay. So I almost purposely stayed away from news because I knew that you were going to kind of bring some to my attention, attention, the, in this podcast, and I just kind of wanted it to be genuine. So I've been waiting all week to read or to hear some of this news. I don't know anything of why Vancouver okay. may not be considered anymore. So, okay, so enlighten me. Vancouver was the number one destination of the players. That's where they wanted to go because the numbers are so low. Like British Columbia has been killing it. And the reason they've been killing it is because of Dr. Henry. Dr. Henry has been owning it out there. So NHL wanted to go in. And the reason it broke down was over what happens if a player gets covid what do you mean if a player gets covid so um the the breakdown in the discussion happened where is this say there's a bubble and the players are playing and x player gets covid yeah the nhl wanted if he was asymptomatic so he didn't show symptoms they wanted him to be able to continue to work to continue to play yes to stay in the bubble he's good because he's showing symptoms or he's asymptomatic you can still pass it on though can't you i guess like totally so that she said that if you're coming here, this is the Dr. Henry, who is their chief medical of the province. Yeah. She said, if you're going to come here, you're going to follow the same procedures that the rest of the general public does. So that if you have a player that catches it, he's coming out of the bubble and he's being isolated. I completely and potentially, I agree that. that series you're in is going to get paused oh. because he could have spread it to other players for how long? Exactly. That's, NHL is like, nope, we ain't doing that. So. How can you do that, though? Whose side do you back here? I have to back the side of the province. A hundred percent. How could you? So this is this is the problem I have now is British Columbia is killing it for their population and how yeah. low. Like, I think they have 3000 cases total for a big population province. If you think if, if you were aware of how Canada was doing when this first all happened, all of the first major cases were in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. There were a couple in Toronto and stuff, but you know, Vancouver or, or British Columbia had that first push, mm-hmm. and they have handled it handled it extremely well. They've probably handled it the best. Like maritime provinces yeah. did really well, but population is not there. Like you can't compare like a big city like Vancouver to like Moncton or Charlottetown or even Halifax. Yeah, like, like, P- PEI is not even in the conversation. They're an island. Yeah, like 
like, yeah, like you can't, you can have population spread over a huge province, but it's another thing when a whole bunch of that population is confined to a small area. That's yeah. where the spreading happens. So British Columbia is killing it. And the fact that this Dr. Henry is saying, no, you can't come here based on what you want to do, should be a wake-up call to the other two cities that are still bidding on this or to the chief of the entire, like, uh, what's her name, Dr. Tam, who's in charge of the whole oh, federal maybe, thing? I don't know. Um. So now it sounds like they're going to try to work on Toronto because apparently Toronto will let them do that. So the, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you say the NHL wants them to continue playing regardless if someone gets COVID-19 or not? I'm not sure if it's, they, it, it, they, yes, it, I don't know if it's continue playing, but it was to continue to work was the quote. Uh, well, <laughs> that means play, right? So I don't know if that means you just pull them out, but like they like, like pull them out, but not pull them out of the bubble. Just take them. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't know how you, how is that fair to the players? Some of them don't want to come back in general, but now they're learning that even if they do come back, which they're basically going to be forced to come back, they're going to be put in possibly contact with players who already have COVID-19. This is what Dr. Henry said. I got a quote from her. She said, what we provided was our advice. And basically the fact that we would take the health of the players and the health of our province as the primary concerns uh, in terms of having the NHL play in Vancouver. I actually think that that is a positive for us and that it should have been something that the NHL saw as a positive partnership. 100% I agree. agree. I agree. We are doing very well. We have a good balance, but under no circumstances was I going to compromise in any way the health of the people here in British Columbia, and we made that very clear. Good for her. Yeah. So, like I said, I think this should be like an alert to the other two Canadian cities saying, hey... If British Columbia, who has the best track record in Canada right now in terms of a large population and handling this, yeah. say that what the NHL wants isn't good enough, why are you guys going to potentially allow them in? What's uh, what's Nevada saying or Vegas? I don't know, but they're pretty much a lock, I think. Yeah. So, do you say Nevada or Nevada? I say Nevada. Okay. Is there a correct way to say it? I think there is. I don't remember which it is. <laughs> um. I'm just skimming through this. It says uh, BC has strict isolation and contact tracing guidelines for such an event. And this is another quote. It says, our advice and our direction was that if there was a positive case that arose, that we would do what we do with all cases we have here. We would investigate and there needed to be a contingency in case there were other people that were identified as ill. It might mean suspension of part of the series for a period of time until that could be done. And I don't think the NHL was willing to do that. She said, I think we need to recognize that even though most young, healthy people do very well with the virus, some people do get ill. And we've seen that in some of our athletes who have tested positive and who, had, who have had an illness in the last few months. It can be a very serious illness for some people who may not even recognize that they have underlying conditions that make them more at risk. Or for some of the people on the team who may be older as well, such as coaches, etc. I was listening to a podcast the other day and there was a girl on there. She was... Uh, I don't know how old she was, but between the age of 27 and 37, around there somewhere. And she had COVID-19 and she's recovered from it now. Obviously, she's, she was on the podcast, but she said when she had it, she was in some of the, like she, her, everyone's symptoms different. She got muscle pain, body pain and stuff. She could, she couldn't even walk. She laid in bed for basically three, three days and her husband came in and checked to see if she was still breathing basically. And she's, she's a young, healthy mm -hmm. person. So there is going to be an NHL player who gets similar 100%, 100%. issues. Hundred percent. Everyone's everyone get you know everyone experiences it differently. So people are being naive if they think that once these bubbles are in place, no one's going to catch it. 
it's going to happen. They have to plan around it, which is what it's, the, it's, the meetings in British Columbia were about. Like, yeah. How do we handle this? And they couldn't come to an agreement on how it should be handled. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's... Now here's another quote. If I was involved in the NHLPA or involved in the NHL, I would see Vancouver as an exceptionally attractive place to come, not because we will bend on health issues, but because we have strong public health focus here. Absolutely. Completely agree. So I have mad respect for BC for handling that way. Uh, totally. And I am glad that I am not the person in charge to make the decision of which city to go to. Um, even. And we, we've talked about this a bunch of times, too. Like, There's not a huge incentive to host this thing. Like, there's a little bit of money to bring the teams, to hotel them. We're talking insignificant money. It's not the same as a regular playoff when yeah, you have no. fans coming in and bars and all. It's it's not. So, like, why are you willing to bend the rules for something that just, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I think Vancouver's spot on here, and I think it actually makes Toronto or Edmonton or Calgary or whoever else. I think if they end up bending, and, and it just makes them look like they don't care about the citizens as much unless we don't know any information about those specific cities yet maybe they said the same thing but that's not public knowledge yet or something i think toronto has okayed it i think i heard that as well but i'm i don't know about edmonton or Mm -hmm. calgary or whatever those other cities but so that's why that's why vancouver's out and the players had voted that they were in favor of going to vancouver i don't know if the players are going to vote for toronto like toronto's they're doing a lot better than they were like they're still doing better than most places in the states but i don't know I still think that it shouldn't go to a team that's in the playoffs. Pick a pick a city that's not pick a city that's not in it. Go to Ottawa. Yeah. So anyway, that's why uh, that's why they're out. Anyways, let's well, talk. Let's talk about the Seattle Arena. <laughs> let's talk about Jeff Bezos, Amazon buying the naming rights. Am I? I ba- I barely have an opinion on this. Climate pledge arena. I I think it's silly. It's not the worst one though. It no, it's not. I just think I just I just I just don't care. I like like in baseball they have guaranteed rate field. <laughs> like I think that's the worst one. Climate pledge arena. Like they're doing lots of cool stuff like rainwater for the ice and what is it? It's like energy neutral or 100% energy which is great. Carbon like, neutral whatever yes, it is. They're yeah. doing all that stuff fine. which is fine. But like I feel like it's a bit gimmicky. I think companies now are jumping aboard the, we want the image of doing the right thing going on. I agree. And then it's pretty easy to say, put out a statement and say, oh, we're doing the right thing. When it, in fact, you don't actually care about that crap. You're just trying to. This is Amazon, right? Yeah. Um, Can I tell you something? <laughs> the microphone is yours, my friend. So a couple of months ago, I ordered an SD card. Do you, do you have the knowledge to know what an SD card looks like? Yes, but I would never buy an SD card over Amazon because <clears throat> most of the time they're fakes. I assume that 99% of the viewers and listeners to this podcast also know how big an SD card is. Do you know what that SD card came in? Obviously, it comes in like the little plastic thing that's 10 times the size of the actual SD card, but it's still flat and it's still small. Did it come in a box? It did come in a box. Oh, I'm surprised by that, actually. Did you know how big that box was? Show me, Neil. <laughs> Do you know how big a Kleenex box is? Yep. Okay, take four of those okay. and stack two on two. That's how big. Wow. For an SD card. With a bunch of air. Climate cards. Pledge Arena. Do you think that that, I think I think if they really want to make a pledge to the climate and try and have less of a carbon footprint or be a little bit more, you know, 
mindful of waste and stuff, maybe consider your own packages. That could have easily been sent in a padded sleeve or something. I'm just saying. But And uh, they recently switched, well, not recently, but in like the last year, probably not quite a year, they've switched to those plastic white bags too, which are not recyclable. Um, yes, yes. So they, I remember they got a lot of hate over those when they first brought those out because at least the cardboard, cardboard is recyclable. Yes, that's true. The plastic bags are not. The plastic bags are garbage. Yeah, and I will say that Amazon has implemented a, a feature, a new feature, at least in, on .ca, that you have the option on some of your orders to choose, if you're buying multiple products or whatever, you can choose fewest uh, packages possible. So but you have till, to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, wait till I always choose that package one. together. Yeah. yeah, I just... There's some things on, that I buy on, on on Amazon that I need right away or whatever. But if I have that option, if I'm buying something that I don't need right away, which is 95% of the time, I always choose least pa- packages as possible. Mm-hmm. Did you watch my recent video um, on my sport check unboxing of all the sports merch? Probably not. No. So I, sport check had a, a clearance sale. So I ordered a bunch of stuff for giveaways. Like I ordered probably 20 different things. There was a deck, two, deck, two decks of cards. There's a magnet set, uh, some t-shirts, whatever. Every single item of the 20, except for two, two of them, two of them came in one, but every other single item came in its own package. Wow. No way. It, wow. Do you want to know why? Because none of it came from a central warehouse. Every single item came from an individual store around Canada that wanted to get rid of it. Wow. So they all did local shipping to me. Now, if I had known that, I never would have ordered any of that stuff. That's intense. They would have like, I bought a deck of two decks of cards for 99 cents each and they put it in a padded sleeve. Cost them more to ship it than it It would have cost them at least $10 to ship that to me probably. (laughs) Anyways, that's a whole nother topic. So maybe, maybe Amazon's climate page arena isn't as honest as it could be. I, I, yeah, arena names are funny because what's the arena in Toronto? Yep. Scotiabank. What, what is it? What's it really? It's the, it's the Air Canada Center. Exactly. I'm not going to call it Scotiabank Arena. It, it's always going to be the Air Canada Center to me. Same it's the as ACC. That's what people call it. The it's ACC. It's the ACC. Going down to the ACC. Yeah. I'm going down to Scotiabank Arena or Scotiabank Place or Scotiabank Field or Scotia. There's so many Scotiabank Arenas now. Like, and I actually go to Scotiabank. Do you still go to Scotiabank? Yeah. I I can tell you as a customer of Scotiabank, I'm not too impressed when I hear that Scotiabank spends 800 million dollars to rent the name of the. ACC for 20 years. Yeah. Like that's the money I'm paying for fees. Mm. It, like, oh, we have to raise your rates this year, sir, because of our services. No, you just spent $800 million to put your stupid company name on a rank in Toronto that yeah, I'm never going to see. Exactly. It's it's frustrating. The only arena that uh, that's worked on for me is, uh, used to be the Molson Center. Well, with the Little Caesars arena, don't you want to get pizza every time you see it? Not really. <laughs> Naming, I don't think but names mean anything. The Montreal, like the one from Molson Center to the Bell Center. Yeah. That's the only one for whatever. I don't know if it's because it's a short word and it's easy to say Bell Center. I'm down with the Bell Center. I'm not going to say uh, climate. Like, climate I, I know that's never been anything else. It was Key Bank Green before, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Or was that, no, that was Buffalo. No, it was Key. I thought it was. I thought Buffalo's Key Bank. Oh, I, I thought and now they there's were. something else. Anyways, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, I can't, I'm just going to say Seattle Arena. <laughs> like, Whatever. Climate Pledge Arena. Guaranteed rate field. Get the best rate. 0.99% over five years. <laughs> Whatever. That's dumb. What else you got? Um, so we got 
Artemi Panarin putting a tweet out. Yeah, you told me about this. You haven't seen this, have you? No. Let me, I want you to, I'm going to read a, a, his tweet and you tell me what you think about it. I would enjoy that. He said, I'm very much looking forward to the playoffs with the New York Rangers. I have concerns not only about the health of players and their families, but also about the long-term prosperity of the NHL. For nearly two Whoa. decades, the players have protected the owner's income with escrow, including throughout this pandemic crisis, even as owner's equity continues to grow exponentially. That's true. It is time to fix the escrow. We as players cannot report to camp to resume play without already having an agreement in place. Wow. We are all in this together. Also, I know the process for selection of hub cities is ongoing. I sincerely wish that my teammates and I could train and play games at MSG and bring employment and economic opportunities safely back to the New York City for Rangers fans and all New Yorkers. So he doesn't want to play anywhere else then. Doesn't sound like it. But he's also calling out the system. He's right. He's totally right. He's right. I don't know if he's right about New York City. They are. No, New York City ain't happening. No. He can't expect to play all his games in New York City and force another team to come to the to So um, from what I was reading earlier today, they are working on CBA talks, and I guess they're getting close, which is good because Clo- you, close on signing a new CBA. Okay, I, I, that's my Because question. I think they looked at the Major League Baseball and seen what of a gong show that was. Oh. That was embarrassing. The players look bad. The owners look extremely yeah. bad. Um, the NHL needs to learn. They can't do a lesson that. By they can't do that. So yeah. I think it's on both sides to just put the BS aside and say, "Listen, this is what we're going to do," and try to be fair. So they're they're working on that. Um, there is talks about escrow being capped at twenty percent. I think was it now forty? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if it's capped right now. Is it? I thought it was. Oh. I thought it fluctuated based on profits. Maybe. Um, yeah, the potential agreement. Twenty um, percent escrow for twenty. 20, 2021, which is next year. Um, they originally saying it was going to be 35% or something like that. Remember, it was going to be ridiculous, if, especially if they don't go back to play. Um, and it says there is a second layer to this agreement right now. There's a one season only of 10% salary deferral by every player. So every player has to give 10% of their salary into this pool. On top of escrow? Yes. Why? It's to help deal with the crap, I guess. Um, but hold Wait, on. Wait, what? It's not a rollback in salaries, though. Um, players will be returned that money sometime in the future. So I don't. So it's like when you go to buy a car and I you don't and you don't want to pay the interest posted interest rate. So you pay you you, you pay what's called a multiple security security deposit. You buy down the interest rate. I think and then you get kind, the money back. I think it's kind of like that because when they put that money in, they're not getting escrowed on it when it comes back. Right. So. But they're still giving ten percent and another twenty percent. But the NHL gets to make interest on that pool of money. Potentially. I don't know how that works. Like, I don't know where the, I don't know how the escrow money is handled. Like it's obviously the escrow is to top up the owners if they don't make as much as the cap cap projects. Is it, why isn't the NHL giving some of its money? Because to that's, this not, pool? that's not how it works. They're what they're saying is they're going to be paying the players salaries more than there's going to be income, which is probably true. Cause that's what the salary cap is. It's 50% of revenue. Right. So if, they pay out all of the salaries in the league. They're 50%. But if that ends up being more than 50% of the money brought in, which it probably will be on this year, the players have to pay back into it. The only time the players would actually get escrow money back on the other end is if the, the cap was $80 million and then mm-hmm. they made a ton of money that year somehow where the owners made more than 50%, they'd have to give part of it back to the players' percentage. Do you think players like going to the NHL awards? I don't know, actually. 
I don't think they do. They kind of look like eh when they're there. They, I don't. They don't. There's like probably them. awesome parties after it's over, though. There probably is. How much do you think that that NHL award show costs? Because you're probably paying to fly in all those players and their families. But I don't think that matters. No, I'm not saying that that amount of money would fix everything. But I'm just saying that if you take that chunk of money, you could probably do a lot of good things with that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I personally don't even watch the NHL awards. I find them kind of cringy. I know people really enjoy them, so there's no right or wrong. But why not cancel that award show and use some of that money to help the players with that fund or reduce mm-hmm. their bring it from ten percent to eight percent or or put it whatever. into like the retirement fund that helps totally. or even the fund that helps, you know, retired players who are struggling or whatever. Absolutely. Or staff members of teams who get COVID nineteen and can't work or, or yeah. like just there's I don't know, just reinvest that money somewhere else. Um, it says as part of the current agreements that are in the CBA that they're talking about right now, um, for the next three seasons, the cap will be kept around eighty one point five million, and there's a possibility that it could go up by one million in the in the twenty twenty two season. So <laughs> things are pl- are staying pretty flat for now. When you know they were originally projecting nine months ago, yeah, we were talking about a maybe a significant jump, and when the TV deal comes in. For NBC's, yeah. Like that has to, you'd have to think that that's going to be. You think a, they'll hold off on negotiating that? No. And extend it? No. I think if I was NBC, I would want an extent, negotiate an extension that was I don't think on the, the same level as. That, and I don't think NBC would go, well, of course NBC would want it because yeah, they get what, another year, I mean. but the NHL is going to say no because they know they could get more. This money. is really going to hurt the NBC uh, contract negotiations. They're going to have to pay a lot more if it's they want to keep gonna it. It's going to be over, it'll probably over $6 billion. I don't I know. Think I know it was Rogers, wasn't it? Rogers was five point two. I know NBC last time paid way, 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 way less. Than yeah, that. they did. But this is. I don't know if they're going to pay Rogers money because Rogers money was too much. Like I think Bell, when Bell billed against them, they put three billion. Rogers was five point two, so they weren't even close. And Rogers, if you've looked, like they've had to fire a lot of their staff. They've changed things around. Like Rogers. It's not. I don't think it's working out for them right now. Yeah, there could be a dark horse down in the states though, like Fox or. I think ESPN wants it. That's what I've been. Reading. Yeah, you never know. So it'd be interesting. There's more money in the United States to throw around than Canada. So. Okay, I want to read a couple quotes by Alan Walsh. He is a player agent. Yeah. Tell me what you think about this. He says the inherent insidious of the NHL salary cap system is on full display here. So a player with a 11.6 million dollar cap hit with a salary of 14 million is rightly outraged by having escrow because he pays a lot of that into that. However, a player that's pending UFA this summer wants the highest possible upper limit for the most robust market for their services. So they want the cap to go up so that there's more money for them to be able to make some. But the highest players don't want it to because they're paying more escrow because the amount of money coming in is going to be lower. So it's more that they're going to have to pay into the escrow. Correct. So he says one group of players want escrow limited. The other wants the higher the highest upper limit possible, which will bring it in with it higher escrow. The salary cap pits player with com- players with competing self-interest against each other, just the way the NHL likes it. Why would the NHL like it? Because then the players aren't unified. The NHL doesn't want the players to be unified? Not in contract agreements, no. Why? Just look what happened with Major League Baseball. The players unified and almost didn't have a, a season right there. I mean, you could, yeah, but you could, if the player's unified, you could now, still avoid some. This is also a player agent speaking who represents a lot of people. Like Alan Walsh is a big agent. Yes, he is. So it's in his interest to defend his 
his people. Yes. Obviously. Yes. He's gonna be he's gonna be looking after the the ten million dollar players over the seven hundred thousand players. But I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean I've guess if the players all I, I originally thought you could avoid some lockouts with that, but I guess if you had the opposing side be all together. And... See, the, the interesting about this is because it's a CBA and the return to play and the safety protocols are all being wrapped up in that. Every player does get a vote. Like we talked about, it is confirmed. So every single well, player will have their own voice heard and a majority wins. It doesn't have to be like a huge majority or whatever. It's just, if you have the majority, you win. Wow. That's actually interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, the only other th- last thing I have, you don't have anything, do you? Nope. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I have one more thing, but yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll do that at the end, though. Yeah. I want to talk about the CHL and the junior. Crack. Yeah, I heard there were some more developments, but okay, I don't really so know what it was. We talked about it in the last podcast. Um, Lauren actually wrote a nice comment on our page saying, like, you, it's hard to talk about, but it needs to be talked about. Like, you have to address the issues and tell people what the issues are in order for changes to happen. And I agree with that. I kind of got there at the end. I just didn't know how to address it. So anyway, we talked about all the things that have been going on in the QM, HGL, OHL, CHL. So it's been a week and the CHL came out and said that they're going to have an independent review panel investigate an independent review panel that they've picked the people to investigate. I don't think that's good enough. Personally, I don't think you should be able to cherry pick a panel with people you've picked. That's kind of like if, uh, police that's like having a police okay like say a, like okay we're gonna send our own guys to investigate our guys yeah it's like yeah we found he was a little aggressive but we're gonna put him on you know probable uh uh we're gonna suspend him yeah. with pay for two weeks yeah like, it should be external this should be a police investigation I, or an rcmp investigation How i is wonder it if they can legally step in and force it i don't know because there's there's been more people come forward since that happened and more plan to come. And a lot of them were saying they were 15 years old when this happens. Like, how is some of this stuff not? Well, they would have to. They would have legally have to force a right. I don't if, know how if it's they, not. If these people who have the accusations bring it to the police or the RCMP or whatever, legally they have to investigate. I would think so. They? I don't know. Like, I don't know how hard it is to investigate. Like, you could talk to people, but... I don't know if talking to people is enough to to convict or to to try or whatever. Like I, I think you would need more than someone's word. But yeah, like I don't, I don't. Maybe maybe it, maybe it doesn't fall. Like I don't know. Like I, I expected more from this than just an independent. Because this panel is going to come back and say yes, there was these things happened, and someone's going to get a slap on the hand. That's all it's going to be. It's just a slap on the hand. I don't know. I'm well, just I'm disappointed. But at, they'd have to know that when they made that announcement that it, that it would be an internal one they know why wouldn't you just go ahead and be like let's just do this right let's bring in yes the authorities or let's bring in an uh an external team or an investigation team whatever and let's just do this right regardless of the income or the outcome let's just get it right like like it's not the chl doing this review or i keep saying chl but it's the chl and the little junior teams that are under them and yeah so it's not the CHL themselves that are doing this. It is an independent panel, but it's the independent panel they picked to do it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think it's good enough. It depends on who's like. Like, I don't know who you target in this. Like, clearly in some of the cases you could target a coach. 
Um, I don't know if you could target other players for doing things. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't. If it's a, it's, if it's a, someone on this panel is, works for one of the individual leagues, like the Q. I don't think they do. I think it's just. But if they did, they would, they wouldn't want their own league to look bad. So they were probably more likely. Like, I think it's, I think it is people that are external to it, but it's people that it's still people they picked. That will give a yeah, favorable. Yeah, which is always going to be. That's why jury selection is random. That's right, and that's why after the jury people are picked, the offense and the defense <laughs> both get to agree yeah. on whether that good person is good. Right? Like, yes, we could say, "Hey, Neil's right here. I could be the prosecutor. I'm like, I like Neil. Neil's pretty good. Heck yeah. The defense guy could be like, I don't like him. So what? you're thrown out. So that's why you both have to agree. This is this is me saying I did something bad. That Neil guy looks pretty good. Neil, come look, find out what's wrong here. Yeah. That's not right. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how to best handle this, obviously. The thing about this is, in a week from now, we'll know more. Yeah. Probably. I hope the players that went through crap, and they are coming out, like, there's more and more. I hope it keeps coming out. Yep. I hope this makes them look so bad that even this review panel can't. Absolutely deflect a little bit like there's got to be justice i don't know like in they're i think they're just going for money like i think that's what it's about but like i don't know which isn't which makes it unfortunate but i don't know what you could do like what kind of justice would you want jail jail for who the guilty the the players the players who were doing this to the other players because that's basically if it's if yeah if it breaks the law if it's a an older player doing something to a minor but I think it's minors doing stuff to minors and not, I don't know if you could legally do anything about that. Then. Yeah. Like it's, it, I guess it's still technically kind of rape or whatever, but it's assault. It's like, I'd, it's so hard to prove. That's what I mean. Like, like, like part of it was saying like, you know, the organizations had to have known. How do you prove that? I think maybe that's why they're going this direction. I don't know. You but. might have to have a high level person literally admit that they knew what was going on which is probably not going to happen which is almost certainly not going to happen. so anyway i'm pretty di- pretty disappointed with how this is i'm glad something's being done i'm glad former players are still coming forward and will keep coming forward but it's a tough situation to talk about and it's even more tough obviously for these the people in the situation we've we have it easy we're the easy ones we have it easy we get to just we get to just talk about it they live it's it. hard because we don't know what we want either. like if i say what's justice for you in this case yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends by uh, by the offense as well and whether it qualifies for jail time or... It's almost like it's the culture that's bad. Like, cause, totally. Because it's happening everywhere. You have to... And it has to... I think you need to... I don't know. I think, you, I think an admission needs to come out that these things did happen. Like they have to own it. Yeah. And then I think steps need to be taken in all leagues... To ensure, like I said last time on the podcast, that it's up on the coach and the staff who are in the room to make sure that these kind of things don't happen. Yeah. Do you think if uh, if this dies down, maybe we don't re- really hear a lot of what's going on. You remember the Sean Avery documentary, uh, Making a Murder, on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Do you think if a documentary or a movie or whatever was done on this and it showed the offenses being done, reenactments, or we'll say it's a movie, and they you saw the story of potentially... What took place? Do you think something like that would have the social influence to more, more social influence than now to really progress it to the point where something is actually done? Because there's I think so. So many things happening with the Sean Avery thing. Because Maybe not right now, but there were there was. I would say it was because 
a lot of the sports radio and sports shows would pick up on that because it, yeah. it was a Canadian thing that happened. <clears throat> like the Michael Jordan doc that came out, even though he was had a big hand in influencing what was said, so it wasn't going to make him look too bad. Yeah. He still left a lot in. Yeah, but. like that that left a lot of conversation for people to have. They really enjoyed that. Like the internet radios, the regular radios, the shows, they all talked about it. So if something like that came out, yeah, every single sports show would be talking about it. Absolutely. And people would watch it because it would start trending in Canada on Netflix and then people would just click on it. And then I'm not saying it's the right option, but it's a, it's unfortunately an effective yeah. option because it, it's the easiest way to create a broad audience on this situation versus, of, versus tweets and you know, whatever. It's easy to not care about it or not think about it unless it's shown thrown right in exactly. your face. When and you can like, visually wow. experience it secondhand. Yeah, like it's one thing for Neil and I to sit here and tell you guys about it. If you actually watched a thing where it doesn't necessarily show you in graphic detail what was happening, but the camera was like behind the guy's shoulder or whatever, you're going to be like, you're going to be sick to your stomach watching that. Absolutely. And then you think, oh, yeah, this actually happened. The best way to, motiv- to motivate someone is emotionally. Yeah. And that would emotionally motivate someone to seek justice. So. All right. Let's switch this over to high note. Neil's got some good news. Heck yeah, I do have good news. I have a jersey to give away. If you were not following me on Twitter, guess what? You just lost out on a jersey. I lost out on a jersey. So you should probably follow me on Twitter. It, yeah. is, it is at post to post show. It is linked down below in the description, I think. Yep. And uh, I will be giving away more things on Twitter. So just, you know, a hint, just so you know. Follow me on Twitter. You might want to follow me on Twitter. Uh, you, I think there is a thing on Twitter. You can click the notification bell too. So you get notified of every tweet. If you want to, be notified of future giveaways that's an option as well but i i tweeted out a photo of an anaheim jersey and i said all you need to do is like this tweet retweet it make sure you follow me and uh the reception was pretty good there was almost 200 of each um so i really thank you guys for for doing that and taking part and i didn't uh specifically go in and oh this person looks cool i should you know pick them whatever i we have the same mouse we scroll and it just goes forever yep so I did that, a big one, and I did a little one, and I did like I just kind of kept going. I had my eyes shut, and wherever my mouse landed on the list of whatever, uh, that's where I stopped. I went to that person, made sure that they retweeted it, made sure that they liked it, made sure that they're following me, and uh, we have a winner. So congratulations to the winner, and the winner is Michael Valio or V A L L E A U. I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name, but congratulations, Michael. You are the winner of uh, of the Anaheim jersey. So I will contact you on instagram uh, not instagram uh twitter and let you know and i'll get your address from you and i'll get that shipped out so um, probably not next week because we're on vacation we'll be at the at the lake but the week after that so michael congratulations for anyone else uh you will have a chance to win another at least hat on twitter probably a jersey sometime in the next 30 days so thanks for taking part in uh in the first the first one that's it awesome you got anything else? I got nothing else. I just want to thank Melody for being the very first guest on yes, the podcast. Thank you so much, Melody. That we, we, we really, really appreciate that. We got a couple of good laughs, especially the first take. Yeah, we, we had a little incident. We introduced her and uh, then she lost Wi-Fi or something like that. Yeah, like at first it was me like she was like totally calm and cool. And I'm sitting over here like, how am I going to start this? How do I do this? How am I going to bring her in? How am I going to cut this? What am I going to say when I do this? And she's just kind of laughing at me like... The guest is way more calm and cool than the host is. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I say, hey, we got Melody on, blah, blah, Neil, who's who's on the line? And he says, blah, blah, and then dead silence because her <laughs> Wi-Fi cut out and she wasn't there anymore. And we we're just like looking at each other. So pretty funny. But uh, yeah, once again, thanks again, Melody, for doing that. And we'd love to have you on again in the future. 
Totally. If you're down for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you guys are an audio listener, we uh, we appreciate you. We know that not everyone watches on YouTube and people just, you know, maybe you're going to work or on a bus or you're in a car driving or wherever you are and consuming it audibly. We thank you very much. We appreciate you. We're, we like the reviews to come in on, on iTunes. So if you are listening on through iTunes, please leave a review. Whether it's negative or positive, you know, we like to, f- to get feedback. So, uh, yeah, feel free to take a couple of uh, seconds and leave a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. To our YouTube viewers, if you were not subscribed, we would love it if you could hit the subscribe button. We are definitely trying to grow this channel up a little bit uh, because we're having a lot of fun here and we're not going to stop anytime soon. So if you don't like us, that's bad news for you. But if you do like us, that's good news for you. So we are, I mean, we're here. This is vacation time for us. This you're, not, is, you're not gonna uh, know because he's gonna have two videos coming out every day though. Dude, you have a busy day tomorrow. I've got the longest day tomorrow, but on my channel, Post Post Productions, you will see almost certainly at least two videos per day for the next eight days, I think. All pre recorded, edited, and scheduled to release on the day, because I won't be near a computer for the next seven or eight days. So we'll be now down near water. Yeah, so we're gonna take a week's vacation, have fun at the lake. We'll be filming uh, a podcast from the lake. We'll be filming a having a yak from the lake. We will almost certainly be filming a jersey unboxing from the lake because I have some on the way. And yesterday I posted, maybe it was earlier today, I posted a flag unboxing video. And at the end I said, you know what, guys, I'm just kind of done buying flags for a little bit. Uh, let's just, I'm just going to take a break. I know they're cheap, whatever. I'll take a break for a couple of months. Yeah, you see, like that night, I might have bought five more. So <laughs> more flags coming. There might be some more flag. <laughs> might be some more flags to unbox. That'll likely happen if they come in in time next week as well. So we're gonna re- we're actually gonna record quite a bit, not quite a bit, but a handful of videos at the lake. So you'll see those. Um, uh, I don't know, between seven and fourteen days from now. So Jason, thank you very much for joining me for this. Melody, oh. thank you again. I appreciate you. And uh, I appreciate all you guys listening and watching. I hope you're having an awesome day. And let us know your thoughts on the draft down below in the comment section. We will see you in the next podcast. Adios.